This episode of The Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by Concept2 and the Concept2 Skierg. Concept2 is the designer and manufacturer of the Skierg, a training tool for Nordic skiing and for general fitness. Located in north central Vermont, the Concept2 family rose in summer and skis in winter. The Skierg grew out of the time-tested design of the Concept2 rowing machine. As dedicated skiers, we know this much is true. It's not always easy to get out on the snow in winter, or out on the roller skis, for that matter, in summer. The Skierg is a perfect dry land training option for skiers, or anybody really, looking to improve their fitness. The second generation Skierg allows for single stick and double pulling. Take your skiing and upper body conditioning to a new level with a Skierg. You can find more information about Skiergs and their PM5 performance monitors at concept2.com. This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. This is our first episode covering World Juniors and World U23s coming from Finland this year. We're going to jump right into it. This episode covers the classic sprints and the individual skate races that transpired today. We begin the episode a bit randomly, uh, kind of mid-conversation, talking about the actor-comedian John Belushi. Yeah, John Belushi. I, that's, I was like, was Belushi there? Because like, if it's a real rager, Belushi's there. And he's not Canadian. I think he's like actually American, right? No, but Dan Aykroyd's Canadian. Well, you guys have a long history of like us co-opting your best comedians, sadly, and musicians. Oh yeah, of course. That's our deal. No, but that's our that's our that's totally our jam. Okay, we're cool with it. Neil Young. I'm just going over it. Neil Young, right? Yeah, I mean, shit, dude. Oh, Neil Young is the best. Oh yeah, John Kerry. Who? John Kerry? I don't know. Uh, isn't that his name? Jesus, I don't know that guy. Oh, is he Canadian? Yeah, I was gonna say Jim Carrey. You like ran for president? Like Jim Carrey? Oh my God! I just said John Kerry. Good lord, Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura. Oh my God! Yeah, Jim Carrey, and he does such a good. He does such an amazing impression of Biden right now. Have you seen how Biden is walking around in these pressers? Yeah, it's sort of like. Oh my yeah. God, it's awful. He's like trying to pretend like I'm young. I'm, look at us. He's got the like, slim cut suit though, and he's like he's got this like. I know he's got the he's got the European soccer manager suit and he's like going across the grass like pretending like look at how good I'm going. I know, and dude. He's just like I'm taking physiotherapy, so maybe that's what I'm like noticing. But I'm just looking at his gait and his hips. I'm just like this is not good. Like you are like I don't know. <laughs> this is not looking good. But you know what? He's calming the waters. So that's um, we'll just appreciate that. And For the time on. being, he's calming the waters. Okay. For now. For now, that's a yeah, but it's a win. It's a it's a small win. All right, we're gonna we're gonna circle right back to this. Is my last reference to Belushi? Is this ring a bell, Senator Blutarski? No, it doesn't. That's that's maybe too old for my blood. Senator Blutarski, uh, that was his character yeah. in Animal House, John Belushi. Blutarski, he they have sort of like postscript at the very end yeah. of the movie. He becomes a senator, Senator Blutarski. Yeah, there you go. We'll close it out right there. So let me let me kind of frame this for you a little bit how I'm playing this because we have there's a ton of racing that's transpired. Yeah, we're just gonna hit it hard and quick. I would like to to frame this a little bit from your perspective. And I saw an email come through this morning from 
I was going to say across country Canada, but that's not right. It's Nordique Canada. Yeah. Okay. And nice guy, Chris Dornan. Oh, yeah. Who, great guy. Yep. Really nice dude. Sends out the pressers. And so, you know, it's it, Canada's been been doing quite well. And we'll, and we'll touch upon that. Okay. But before we get there, there's a portion in this press release and I can send it to you where it's talking like historic results from Canada. And, you know, there there's Alex Harvey who won a gold at U23s in 2011 before going on to win, wow, a bunch of stuff at, at the Senior World Championship level. Um, and there's even note of this guy, Devin Kershaw. It says, Devin Kershaw, Drew Goldsack, and Chandra Crawford combined to win one gold, one silver, and two bronze medals for Canada at the U23 World Championships way back in uh, 2004, which I think is after you guys wore the candy cane suits. Just yeah, year after putting that in place. Year after. Yep. Okay. So, what? I guess let's frame this like historically for a nation and a non sort of Nordic ski nation, you know, like a Norway, Finland, Sweden, or Russia for that matter. Um, why such the focus on like historical results? Uh, you know, in and in, in, in this case, like a press release. Just curious. I, I th- well, I mean, I think today that's super warranted because we're going to get back to what happened in the 10K skate for the junior men a little later. That was historic because that list is very short. Um, yeah, but we'll get back to that. That's 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 kind of like the crescendo of this whole thing. Uh, but I, yeah, you know, it's 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 always tough with world juniors or under 23, under 23s as well. Well, you'll get my opinion on under 23s when we start covering those races. Um but, um, you know, I, the World Junior event is something that I really do enjoy following along. And it's been great the last couple. I've been working there the last couple of years. This year, thanks to COVID-19, I got smacked and I'm stuck here in Norway. And we all see what the fallout is that of that is now that we know that there's going to be no World Cups in Norway, which sucks so bad. <laughs> uh, so they're strict here. They're strict here in Norway. They're they're keeping a, they're keeping a lid on this this uh, coronavirus, which is which is great. Yeah, maybe just take. 30 seconds and like if people haven't heard go fill us in on world cups in norway sure so there's supposed to be the sprints in Drammen were moved to home and this year and there was supposed to be a sprint race and then of course the 50k and 30k it's the most historic race we have in cross-country skiing um and it has run for 129 years in a row it's canceled this year <laughs> so so our most historic race the 50k for men Back when it started, it was only for men. And of course, the thir- the women do a thirty k, and it's it's the it's the biggest race in the World Cup calendar, no question. Most prestigious and has the most history, and it's canceled. Not only that, but there were supposed to be the World Cup finals here in Lillehammer, which was going to be so awesome because I mean it's in my backyard. I'm a kilometer from the stadium, and I was supposed to be working there again, and uh, I was really looking forward to that. And that's canceled now too. Not only that, but women's jumping, men's jumping, men's Nordic combined, and also the downhill event in Kvitvel, which has a rich history as well. Uh, that's Alpine, all of can- all of which are cancelled. So 26 World Cups in total are cancelled. And that is because the Norwegian government did not want to give a dispensation for the mandatory 10-day quarantine for those coming into the country from abroad. So that's what we're left with. And, and Norway is the only country um, that has been so strict. But at the same time, 
you know, we are in a pandemic and I understand the, the reluctance. And the other thing too, is that it's a political move, right? I mean, if you're, if you're blocking like grandparents from Sweden from coming into the country and that sort of thing, but then you let a bunch of privileged uh, professional athletes through your borders, it doesn't play well politically. And this is a, this later this fall is a vote here in Norway. <laughs> so for prime minister and stuff. So, so it just wouldn't play well. So that, that, that plays into it, but, at, and they are being very strict, but at the same time, if you look at the, if you look at the data, Norway has done very well compared to every other country in Europe during this coronavirus pandemic. And so, you know what, what's more important, they they say um, the regulations. And, and while I'm sad for that, because I want to see my friends and some Canadians and I was hoping to work and all my work this year just disappeared, <laughs> which is good for my studies, but but sucky um, for for other parts of my life. Um, that That's just uh, that's just how it is. And um, they're going to have to replace those events with something else. Those haven't been announced quite yet. But uh, yeah, so that's okay. disappointing. And, and we should note that, you know, Norway has put some travel restrictions that are pretty restrictive. You know, essentially, you need to be a Norwegian national or have special papers to get back into the country, it sounds like. Exactly. No, the borders are totally shut down. That's right. And that's a big reason why I'm not at World Juniors this year. Uh, I couldn't get a clear answer. I'm not a Norwegian citizen. And, you know, when you're watching the prime minister say, like, if you don't have a Norwegian passport, forget coming into the country. It's kind of and you have two young kids at home in school. You're like, oh, maybe this isn't the time to be leaving the border. But it, it, so that, that it is a little convoluted with those rules. Um, and for sure, there is some dispensations. But regardless, it's uh, they are being very strict with this right now with these new variants that are going on around the world. And, and you know what? We guess we not. I guess. Of course, you just have to respect that every country and every government has in, in this absolute nightmare situation is uh, you have to respect the decisions that every country are making. But I, I of course, I am disappointed that uh, I don't get to see any Canadians and see my friends. That's for sure. Sure. And, and and last thing on this is that, you know, if you look at the metrics, you know, say, gosh, you know, United States has been, you know, uh, yeah, decimated, hands, yeah. right? Right, decimated. It's you know, if you look at the numbers, the numbers relatively, you know, if you're you're looking at caseload per thousand, I think is what I'm looking at. They're they're very low compared to the U.S. But the reason they've been low is that you know Norway has has taken more draconian measures throughout this pandemic. So yeah, Norway has done a really good job by and large with the buy-in. So Norwegian citizens are, are buying into what the government's selling and and it's also they've been seeing that working. So, I mean, uh, it's hard to fault. It's hard to fault their decisions. But of course, as a as a yeah, uh, not o- not only not only the selfishness of me wanting to see friends from the World Cup, uh, but also, like I said, like I've worked with uh, the Norwegian team the last couple of years and, and uh, some that work has gone up in smoke this year. And then this World Juniors trip for Canada has gone up in smoke. So it's so it's affected me from a employment side of things as well, which is a bit too bad. But but uh, we'll survive. It's uh, yeah, I, I skied long enough <laughs> so that it's not a total crisis that I can I can just be a student. That's no problem. But but it is always nice to to get a bit of work in in the winter too okay so the news originally from world juniors u23s and and uh i'm gonna let you pronounce the town in finland in Vokati, it was fr- uh, i want to watch my f-bombs it was freaking oh, yeah. cold there so they postponed the sprints yep. by a day no, so it was crazy cold. As, as you know, it's been under minus 20. They got the World Junior Sprints off the ground as scheduled. And then 
then we had we had to, to postpone everything the day after and then somehow they got the under 23 sprints off the ground yesterday right at the limit at minus 20 and then today it's warmed up a bit i mean the for the junior women that started early it was still minus 16 when they went out so it was by no means warm but it warmed up throughout the day and and um you know you have more stable conditions moving forward at least temperature wise the good thing with these cold temperatures is it, it takes the waxing and that whole game really out of it honestly so it's it's really stable conditions for all the athletes which is good makes for a fair race and it's just great that finland was able to to take on these world juniors and um and put them together like this so great great for all all the kids not not all the athletes there have had all that many racing opportunities i mean uh, the americans and the canadians haven't raced whatsoever and doing time trials at home with your club is just not even close to to racing international level so it's great that these guys get some racing at the high level and then of course some racers like from Russia or, or Norway have had races uh, with the senior ranks throughout the year to prepare for this. So, but so it hasn't been, uh, it's been an interesting year. And, and the fact of the matter is we should just celebrate that they were able to get, uh, get the races off the ground in general. So, and now one day of delay, that's not, that's not so bad. We made for a full schedule for those volunteers today. So, uh, there's probably no listeners in Finland, but if there is, you should pat your volunteers on the back with social no, distancing. We, do, we, okay, we have great. listeners. Okay. That's great. In Finland. That's awesome. Because, and I'm, because I want to say, uh, I'm so Inspired. And some of them may have issues with us, but we'll get to that later. Go on. That's that's fine, but I'm so inspired with the uh, the I'm so uh, they should be really proud of all the volunteers that are putting on this event because you know they're out there all day long. It's freezing cold, and then a day like today that we'll get back to. They ran four individual races today and that could not happen without a great ski federation putting on a great event and then all the volunteers to make that happen and make it pull it off safely. So uh, it's been wonderful to watch and. That's uh, uh, it's quite the feat, honestly. Okay, um, where do you want to start? Which race? I think we just I think we just blast through it through the sprints. I'm going to start with the men's okay, let me sprint. Pull that up, and I'm just going to hit a couple highlights. Men's, yeah, junior men's sprint, sprint. Junior men's sprint. We get a lot yeah. of that. Okay, and, I'm up. Yeah, and it's it's really going to be the finish show. I'm going to spend a lot of time with Finland because Moilenen, Nilo Moilenen did such an amazing job he crushed the qualifier five seconds he wins the qualifier by five seconds destroys his quarterfinal in his semifinal plays it a little more tactically and then in the final just absolutely undresses everybody gets some help with the swede falling but at the end of the matter the, the fact of the matter is the guy was on fire and how exciting is this they have another world junior champion i think the last time they had a world junior champion in the men was 2007 with marty Ilhe. so it's been a while and moylanen did it in amazing style by crushing the competition and i hope that punches a ticket for him in the world championships because if you're qualifying at that level at the junior event you know juniors is not the senior uh, level as we know but he he really showed that he's at an international level it'd be cool to see him at least in a world cup or but world championships it's not like finland has that deep a, a sprint field although they they do with hakala and, and ivo niskinen and and um johnny mackey now and and so they have they have a lot of fast sprinters but i was really impressed and he did it on penalties yeah, buddy that's the big so another news. point on the board for penalties that's the big news so so uh yeah right right down the road there pelties get it done um helmaset which is a name that probably some people know uh lars on god helmaset is the son of the legendary odd and he got a little lucky in his semi-final to make the final but in the 
in in that final he he got it done and, and secured a silver medal for Norway and third was Emil Danielson uh, a Swede they have a strong men's team they put four guys in the top 10 in the sprint so they had a very strong men's sprint team which was great to see putting two guys in the final but uh, one guy on the podium which was great for Sweden and then uh, Aronson in fourth to round it out and for me the hometown favorite <laughs> the, the the hometown cheering for squad Tom Steven who finishes 12th on the day he he barely snuck in there he qualified 29th and he had a great quarterfinal an amazing last 200 meters of his quarterfinal to get into the semis and ends the day in 12th which if you saw that semi i don't know if you did i mean i'm i'm procrastinating like crazy with school and watching all these events they have even commentators here it's like feel like i'm in canada watching world juniors for hockey it's so well produced uh here in norway but tom steven big shout out great race for him to be top 12 and the fact of the matter is he's not a sprinter and in that semi-final is hilarious to see him because he was so much he's, he's a little guy he's like a shoot off the kind of guy and he's stacked up against these guys like like uh, Moilinen or or Yelmaset or or Holmbo the the other Norwegian they're they're really big dudes in sprints it's even at the world junior level and Tom Steven looked like a little kid and he was able to really deliver and his technique has always been something I've been so impressed with and he skied a great heat to, to get into the semi so that was uh that was a uh, yeah great event for him okay um should we boogie on through Sh yeah let's go okay. to the women let the me women's um sprint. fist does a fairly decent job with their website but i'm like ah fine you know when the qualifier and the finals are different results it women sorry all right let's see what pops up here by the way finland is like fifth in our listenership for country no way awesome yeah finland yeah, but behind the uk Good stuff. behind the uk behind the uk okay so that's well but we'll take it what we can get um but also just as a jamaica's also uh, no no jamaica's not on here hold on uh i'm just gonna go for the most kind of that'd be surprising yeah it's on the <laughs> list but we got some latvians okay. i gotta say for for as vocal as the russians are they're not well represented on the Devin Kershaw show in terms of listenership. That's probably okay. okay. They're on here. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right. So the women's the women's uh, classic sprint. Go for it. Yes, the junior women's classic sprint. And this is a program that Justina Kowalczyk, that's a name for ski fans. She was has won the overall World Cup multiple times. She has Olympic medals. She's Olympic gold medalist, uh, world champion world champion, multiple tour to ski wins. She's working with the Polish Federation and developing some of these young talents and it's showing. I mean, they go one and three in the women's sprint with Monica Skindad winning, taking the win, and in in great fashion. Uh, it was it was an exciting race all around, and I thought the the two Polish looked so good. And what's exciting is Karolina Katala is uh, the girl that was third. She's born in two thousand two, so she's got another year of junior there, which is really exciting to see. Um, with that, I don't have a whole lot of. I really don't have a whole great grasp of the junior women's sprint, I must say. Um, there's a lot of new names, a lot of names that I don't recognize from years past. So I wasn't really able to to give a whole lot of insight other than one and three because I've seen them before at World Juniors last year when I was working there in Oberwiesenthal. Um, but it was an exciting race and a shout out. And we got to give a shout out to Waverly Gebhardt for making the heats and uh, getting that experience. It's uh, it's great to see Americans make the top 30. The Canadians had a tougher day from the women's side of things and, and weren't able to get into the heats. Just missed but out. Molly, yeah. <laughs> but Molly, Molly Miller, who goes to school at NMU, Stan Feldheim, 
uh, <laughs> just on the wrong side of, uh, just, just, a, just the, the, the place you don't want to be finishes 31st and was just outside meeting the top 30. And now it's hard to see. And I, I should say that, that the Canadians have had a, a tough go with getting to world juniors. They didn't leave. They didn't arrive in Finland until Thursday evening. Uh, that's because of some, some changes with the Canadian government regulations. And it was, tickets had to be rebooked and um i thought it's pretty impressive with these juniors to have that sort of resilience to come out there again i'm so impressed none of them have done any races all year long this is the first race of the season and it's world juniors and while molly just missed the heats um you know what it's uh it's a tough situation it's a tough year for them and i'm really glad that they are able to have the chance to race at the international level and get some racing and even though the women's sprint for juniors didn't really uh didn't really go the way they had hoped Okay, I'm loving this. I was a little dull. I was like, boy, what is this uh, podcast going to be like when I'm looking at all the results to fly through? But I, I think we're doing we're doing well here. Um, Why not pumped, dude? Because I've seen all these live. Did you right? sound like I've been pumped. watching these live and Jan Post and Tordiger Bjorn. Yeah, I loved because I, this is like an event that I really love to work at. I'm really missing being there with the guys and, and working there. And I I think especially the juniors. I'm not going to lie. Might get some hate mail over this. Under 23 events, they don't do it for me because there's so many great under 23 athletes that never show up because they're just too good. So they just focus on the on the senior events and you have world championships coming up. We have coronavirus happening. So it makes for a lot thinner field than it should be uh, on the under 23 side of things. So I'm going to pretend I'm really stoked, but there's a little caveat there. But for the juniors, it's a highlight of the year for these juniors and they train so hard. And to see how well some of these guys and girls are skiing technically, it's really inspiring. And it's these are the future superstars of the sport. And and you're right. We've talked about this off air. Not all of them are able to translate. Not all of them are able to to take these great results in junior and do anything in a senior career. But some do. And um so I find it I find it exciting, especially having uh, worked there, um, been on on site for a number of World Junior events. Working, it's uh, it's an inspiring place to work. Okay, I'm going to throw in little tidbits as we switch races. Historically, we've had one download of the podcast in India. Okay, next. No yeah. way, that was a mistake. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that was a whoops. But that's cool. We'll take and it. And doubling up on that too from Saudi Arabia. Anyway, okay. Saudi Arabia? Yeah, dude. Okay, crazy. We're going to break okay. into that market. MBS. MBS is into it. Oh, mm. I'm sour I'm on really that, dude. Okay. No, but that's, so that's, let's go yeah. Let's go U23 men's, right? Yes. U23 men's sprint. Here's the storyline. Yeah, I see the storyline. This line. is the big storyline. Go for yeah. it. Terentiev, yeah. I, I, after just saying that the under-23 fields are weak, Terentiev, who is a great World Cup skier and world junior champion, comes in and absolutely smacks the field around. Not only does he win the qualifier, his final, (laughs) oh my God, it was like, that was men against boys. And that's how you know when a guy is able to race into the semifinals in a World Cup, let's say, gets to go into a to a final at the under-23s, a, a thin field in, in under-23s. I mean, he stomps it, wins uncontested. And, you know, that's why you're going to see Terentiev has a chance to make it into the semifinals at the World Championships in only a couple weeks here. So, and that shows because that performance that he did that he did during the under 23 sprint was was something that was very very impressive i give him a shout out to ben ogden the guy's a real beast he's he's first he's a first year senior qualified third which is a great qualifier for him and yeah he, he, he's uh you know what he's a senior now so we just got to call a spade a spade he's a big engine he's a big powerful dude his technique's a little ragged and 
you know what? It didn't suit him well in that semifinal. Um, the guys that were around him were just skiing better technically, more tight in their, not only in their technique, but also with their tactics. And Ben, ben was sadly, uh, you know, he was outclassed in his semi, but still finishes 11th and still gets into the semifinal as a first year in the under 23 class. Impressive skiing by him. And then aside from that, I am excited that Canada d- was able to put three dudes in in the yeah. uh, four dudes oh my god four dudes in the heats uh it just didn't go well for for any of them and that was too bad but that said i still i'm still bullish on pierre pierre girl johnson he is he is a good sprinter he has had some great qualifiers in in north america like jess said in the last podcast so hopefully he can he can figure this out sooner rather than later and uh graham ritchie uh he fell again he fell last year too it, it breaks my heart because he is a great athlete all around and, and uh, he doesn't fall usually, but in two championships in a row, he's fell, which is really hard to see. And, um, you know, so he had to settle for 29th on the day, which was, uh, which was disappointing. And of course, like a uh, schoonmaker, 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 we determined it's, it's schoonmaker. schoonmaker. He's a first year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Your first for year sure. senior, first year senior. And it was, uh, it was a really disappointing outing for him. What can you say? It was, uh, that's not where he should be and it's not where he wants to be. And, and he comes away being last in his quarterfinal, which, uh, which was obviously super disappointing for him. Okay. Um, let's shoot women's u23 gosh i feel like i'm navigating properly here okay i'm good i'm yeah. good I mean, it's hard for me. all right i'm here oh and the other That's thing fair. is actually i wanted to mention about the men's race um and i think i have this accurate all four of the russian men made it to the final is that right one two yes that's right but they are so good and that is that is great in in some ways it's great in other ways it's it's uh, we'll see if it pays off for them, but but Russia definitely brings better athletes to the under twenty threes than other nations. Uh, Terentiev being a great example. I mean, he is a senior racer who is solid on the World Cup. He's he's been able to convert that World Junior gold that he has into good races on the World Cup. And you know what? He he went to under twenty threes. That's something you've never seen Johannes Klebo go to under twenty threes ever. Um, you know, the best Norwegians rarely go to under twenty threes if they're in the fight for the senior championships. Um, but Russia does send their guys every once in a while to the to the show. And I mean he just outclassed the field, but um so it wasn't that surprising to me to see the names, those Russians in the final. Though those Russians were the best, those four Russians are the best sprinters in, in the field, really. And to see them all go to the final is not something that surprises me whatsoever. They're okay. good. They're really um, good. I'm going to give one more little metric and we're as before, as I said, before we switch to the next race, Russia takes up, it looks like a third of the world map. I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's, it, it's a vast country. Oh yeah. It's big dude. Only 65 downloads historically up your game, Russia. Okay. Next race. <laughs> next race. Next race. We're going to the U23 women. Uh, and you know what? The story of that race to me is you had Teresa Baranova, the Czech athlete, qualified first, looked so good in her quarterfinal, looked so good in her semifinal. What in tarnation was she doing in the finishing stretch when she had it in the bag? She was going to win the world under 23 championships she switches tracks for absolutely no reason trips herself up hits the deck and that was 
so sad to see for her. Uh, what a man. That's, that's something that she's going to pinch herself for. And of course, this is her last year under 23. So this, this was her last chance to, to take that, that gold medal in the category. Um, but luckily she's young. And if you're qualifying first and getting yourself all the way to the final and putting yourself in a position to win the event with a hundred meters to go, um, you know what? The senior career should be kind to you as long as you keep progressing. And I mean, they've got good coaches and programs in the Czech Republic. You've seen that on the men's in the World Cup. Uh, Michael Novak comes to mind, for mm -hmm. example. And uh, a, a guy who spent a lot of time in the U.S., the champ, the champ, Martin Kukul, 2003 50K world champion. Um, he's he's on the coaching staff for for the Czech team and has, has done a lot with the development squad. And you've seen a lot of good athletes now come out of the development team. Um, so um, Beranova being one of them. But it was, it was tough to see a young athlete hit the deck like that with only 100 meters to go. But her loss is Lisa Lohman's gain. And the first year under 23 comes away with, with the gold medal um, to round it off. I was a little surprised, honestly, to see Haley not make the final. That was a shocker to me. And she's had a tough championship here. Uh, we'll get into that when we talk about today's race. But but uh, Swerble finishes seventh, which was something that I was a little surprised. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I would have expected her to be way higher on the results list if i'm being totally honest and good to see hannah halverson you know how you know how much of fans we are of, of, of you hannah like coming back from your from your just what a journey to come back into racing period and and i know you probably weren't super thrilled with your with your quarterfinal there but you know what you got to walk before you can run and all these experiences will help you get stronger and a special shout out to annika richardson um you know she was she had some tough races last year in Oberwiesenthal. And to see her come back and race into 24th place in the in the sprint, uh, hanging tough in that heat like that, that was great to see. So, again, that's can Canadians, Canada's Annika Richardson making a 24th place finish for the women's field. So, that was um, that was that was a, a good result for her. Okay, um, just looking for a nice little juicy. Hey, let's go for something local. Mexico six downloads. Damn. No way. Yeah. Okay. But one thing that we can get back into, 5K individual start for for women, World Juniors. Today, like I said, singing the praises of the Finnish volunteers and the Finnish Ski Federation for putting on the World Juniors. They had four individual races today. Think about this. Not just four individual races, four world championship races in one day. Vokadi, Finland. Like we just got to do a slow clap. Like this is an amazing feat. And it started early with the junior women 5k fast and furious, always super tight on the results. And Russia came to play number one and two. Veronica Stepanova takes the win by a whopping 16.5 seconds. She was skiing beautifully. Technique was on point and this was hers for the win. And oh man, this is going to be a tough name for me to pronounce, but <laughs> Evgelina Krup. Kryptiskaya. Yeah, Kryptiskaya. Yep. in second. So Russia takes one, two, and it wasn't close. You have Margareta Bergalna in third from Norway, but she was 27 seconds back in a 5K. So the Russians were really in a league of their own. Um, I saw Stepanova quite a bit on TV, and her technique was on point. She was looking great and attacking the course. So hats off to Russia for taking the top two spots there. Um, but you have Ava Thurston in 14th. Uh, for the USA, which is great to see. She's born in 2004, dude. 2004. She's got three more years of World Juniors. So this future looks bright. So we're going to give a bit of a shout out to Fish and the whole development program there. Uh, that is that is great to have in the pipeline. And then, of course, we have Jazz. Jasmine Drolet, who is the sister of Remy Drolet, who is 
fourth place last year at the World Juniors and a Harvard uh, physics student right now. Um, Jazz being 23rd, <laughs> it's a great race. I think the craziest thing about that is Jazz is in 23rd, 104.9 back. 4.9 seconds if she skis 4.9 seconds faster she's in 15 that's how tight it was after the russians uh who dominated this event so it was uh it was it was it was in really tight and nice to see jazz in the top 30 and of course ava 14th top 15 that's really really solid and quite close to the top 10 she's born in 2004 i repeated that again it's crazy. That's awesome. You're 10 seconds from the top 10. You got three more tries at this in the future. It was a great race to see. And another, I think this is exciting, and I know you do this too, but we're just like, as we fly through results, but uh, China had a skier in sixth in this yeah, race. It's amazing. Yep. And that's, and that's, uh, Budo Svan, the, the, the coach. He's been based, this this group of athletes has been based in Shushin, Norway now for a year and a half, at least two years almost. And, and this guy's given his whole life to training. Like, it's crazy. Like this guy's like, I don't know. I don't know how Bittersven does this. It's like 24 seven with these athletes. How old is he? And ha- uh, he's got to be in his late twenties, early thirties. I don't ah, exactly know how old he is. That's a good time to do that. No, no man. No, dude. I uh, still, still, this is, this is intense. So I don't know how he does it, but the uh, sixth place, uh, it's, it's been pretty fun to watch the progression of the Chinese, the young Chinese women, especially the, the, the crew that he's been coaching. They've, they've been having some success in sixth place is nothing to sneer at. It's a great result for China. Okay. 10k junior skate right oh yeah this is the big one (laughs) this is this is the big one for me 10k skate junior men yeah talk to us holy lord olivier 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 from quebec yeah third place world junior individual individual world junior medal what some people might not know the dude broke his pole he got a new one really, really fast, but he closed the he closed it out with a quick strap, like not his own pole. He got, but he did get a pole really quickly. He just like stuck it between his legs and broke it. Uh, the fact of the matter is, the guy has an individual podium. Olivier, félicitations, c'était super. It was unbelievable to see this. He was skiing so well, and just to give you some context, this is his second race of the entire season because no one has raced. So he comes in. Race number two of his season, he was 25th in the sprint. No, we didn't spend a lot of time talking about that because when you're fifth in your quarterfinal, we got to get through these races, Jason. There's a lot of races to get through. So yeah, well, we're but, doing great. We're doing great. Spend some time on your friend here. Olivier, seeing him at World Juniors and how he skied the relay last year at World Juniors was so impressive. He was leg two and he just charged, not scared, taking no prisoners. And I'm like, man, this guy's got it. This guy's got a race head. But I will say this. He wasn't one of the top four skiers in Canada last year. He didn't for skating. He didn't do a skate race at World Juniors last year because he wasn't qualified. One year later, he's third, dude. And last year, he had a full season. He had a full season to prove himself. This year, third place at his second race of the season. Hats off to the whole CNEPH crew, Louis Bouchard, all his teammates. This was a great, great race. And give it some historical context. I'll let me run down the list of previous men who have won world junior individual medals for Canada in the history of our sport. Alex Harvey. Okay, we can move on. That's it. There's only one man ever to take an individual medal in world juniors, and that's Alex Harvey. So this is a thin list. This is his last year junior. He's better in classic. There's a 30K classic coming up on Sunday. There's the relay on Saturday. What an amazing race for him. But before we give him too much more praise, Martin Schirkeberg-Merck, he had 
all the target on his back. Everyone's been talking about Merck all year long. He's been top 10 in senior races uh, in the Norwegian Cups, and that's with the whole national team. That's with the national team there. And the dude wins by 14.9 seconds, which is huge. And he ha- he was the favorite to win, and he delivered. I, I, I'm impressed with that all the time, especially as juniors. You know what I mean? That's a lot of pressure to go into the World Junior event with all the targets on your back and to deliver like that. So so Martin was a, is over the moon. That was a fantastic race. And then the hometown, the, not me, not Canada, or you, US, but Alexander Stolberg uh in from finland he has one more year of junior next year and he was second so that's uh you know what the future looks pretty bright for the young Finns, which is really exciting yeah it does and one yeah. more dude zandon zandon mcmullen yeah dude and tommy steven tom steven my boy in 10th that was awesome to see so there's <laughs> a lot of great stories in the junior men's 10k i was loving it i mean i was i was uh in school in zoom school but i'm not gonna lie i don't know i have no idea what they were talking about in zoom school today because i was just like yelling at my computer actually uh, my phone uh which was set up beside me in my little office here watching the world junior 10k go on so a uh, really good day for the north american men having a uh, third place for ali and um zandon in fifth and then of course tom steven who also has another year of world juniors who is 10th what a what a great outing hey here's a question just because you know finland has popped up here and there in the, in the t- in the results um you know, podiums, top tens here, World Juniors, U23s. And they've had a tough time, say, in the past five years in terms of, especially on the men's side, but the women's team too is not incredibly deep uh, on the World Cup. Why a tough time for a country like Finland to, to translate? I, I, I don't know. It's that's hard for me to, that's hard for me to, I'm not, I'm not actually totally sure. You know, there was something in the Norwegian news the other day they were interviewing Rita Lisa Open, then who's yeah, like a thousand years old. <laughs> no, no, she's, but she's, she's, she, yeah, she's forty three years old and and still still able to make the Finnish national team to to go to the World Championships in a couple weeks here. And they were discussing that Norway really has a culture that everyone is outside doing physical activity with their family, their dog, their grandma, everything on the weekends. And she was saying that in Finland, it just doesn't have that same culture, uh, which has surprised right. me because when I've been in Finland, I see right. so many people skiing all the time. But um, but she was just saying with the families and stuff, it's it's like once you get to a certain age, you want to be into like organized sport and you're with your club and that sort of thing. Whereas in Norway, you see a lot of young people out skiing with like a backpack. They have bad technique. They're just out for out for a nice trip in the woods kind of thing. And when you have such a broad base in your pyramid, you can really translate that into into uh, great results. But but that said you got to think with with uh Stolberg and uh Moilinen and stuff like these are great results now on the men's side and the last time Finland had such strong results at the world junior level I mean you, you look at like you look Matty Heikinen you look at uh Sammy Yahoo is a world junior champion um you know they, they have guys that have have Marti Ilha that I've talked about who won world juniors in 2007 from Finland they they've gone on to convert with world cup medals and of course Sammy Yahoo is the olympic champion in the team sprint with Ivo Niskanen um Ivo Niskanen's an under 23 world champion from Finland and and has obviously converted to be the best classic skier in the world one of the best classic skiers in the world so so um you know it's really fun to see the Finns with with a couple different names and you have like Nico Antola also he was eighth today so they had two guys in the top 10 uh so did Canada yeah, just it's amazing <laughs> but uh they, this is this this 
this is good. And Antala is born in 2003, so he has a couple more years of World Juniors to deliver too. So th- there is, it's great to see Finland uh, building back up. And and like I said, they have got a lot of great young, uh, great role models that came out of an absolute heinous situation when all the great Finnish heroes got busted for EPO and yep, blood doping in, in 2001. This was a tough time. Yeah, and it was a horrible time for a guy like Sammy Yahoo Yarvi, who is, this is your whole sport, this is your passion, and you come into the team and it's decimated. You have no sponsors, everybody hates cross-country skiing, uh, which is crazy because Finland is cross-country skiing crazy, they love the sport. And the damage that that did in 2001 to have your whole men's team get busted for drugs on your home championship in Lotti, that 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 absolutely destroyed the program. So the fact that guys like um, Matty Heikinen and Sammy Yahoo Yarvi were able to get the results they were able to get get under those circumstances is really impressive. Yeah, that's it's funny because right as I brought up that question, the first thing I did was like start Googling, you know, finish doping scandal. And and we're almost 20 years on. But like you said, I mean the 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 caustic nature culturally of something like that is enough to like keep parents to like tell their kids like, nah, you don't want to get involved with that. Don't do that. Of course. Of course. And there's no sponsors too, dude. Like there's sponsors all left. Of course they did. And, and it's hard not to state like cross-country skiing was like a religion in Finland at the time. They've had like, since skiing began, you know, like since, since international skiing began in the 20s at the Olympics, Finland has been right up there on the results for decades and decades and decades. And then all of a sudden, the it all comes crashing down with Mika Milula and Hadi Kivisnimi and Isometsa and these these giants of the sport. I mean, I had a poster of I had a poster of Mika Milula in my room. You know what I mean? Like I, he was a hero of mine. I love cross country skiing, and he was a hero of mine until that doping scandal happened. I ripped that poster down and chucked it in the garbage. And and that's just some kid in Canada. Imagine imagine what that feels like for for all. For all, um, for the whole Finnish population that follows skiing closely at that time, it was, it was a disaster. So, how did you get that poster? Did you have to like send in bubblegum wrappers to Europe? No, dude. No, no, man. No, dude. But you know what? Everyone talks about Thunder Bay being like the Finnish capital of Canada, and it is. It, it absolutely is. But, but Sudbury, Ontario also has a big Finnish population. So, getting any Finnish things here and there wasn't that hard. I have to say, though, Alf Kleppe, who's the, he's now the, uh, He's now the head coach of Edmonton Nordic. He he was in the Sudbury area when I was growing up, and I he taught me to classic ski. That's that's just the facts. And um, uh, so I was always like a Norwegian, more of a Norwegian fan than than than, than Finns. But but Mika Milula was the best classic skier in the world in those times. So of course I cheered for. Okay, him. and let's go through the women's results here. But before I want you to put some feelers out. I want you to get. Uh, does your mom go by the last name Kershaw? Yeah, she does. Marine. We need to yeah. get Mrs. Kershaw. On. Oh, no way. She's probably, no, we can't, absolutely cannot get my mom on because I've probably sworn a lot too much. And she's from Southern Ontario where they, where they're a lot more polished than uh, her Northern Ontario son. So that's, uh, she's, she, she would not be too happy with my, with my potty mouth. Although I've been holding myself, I've been holding myself pretty good today, but I'm not going to because that's no fun. Uh, <laughs> all right. But yeah, Olivier, amazing result. Yeah. Women's under 23s, again, like I said, not that really impressed with the, with the field in, in the women's uh, or the men's. It's a, it's a weak field. That said, Poland again, um, a, a woman that's a first year under 23. She had great results at World Juniors last year. Isabella Marches. That's a hard one for me to pronounce. But but again, Justina, Justina Kowalczuk, uh, another woman in, in, in the stable there that has just been so good for for their development program she takes the win by 11 seconds you have lindstrom in second from from sweden and then hedda 
Osberg Amundsen, and you'll see uh, Harald Amundsen, Amundsen at the World Championships in a couple weeks. That's why he's not there. Uh, but Heather had a solid race to, to secure a third-place finish. Sophia Laukley, fifth place, first year under 23. That was a great race by her. And she's been here in Norway racing a lot and gaining some great experience here in Norway on the Norwegian Cup and the Norwegian Nationals and that sort of thing. And you know what? Vokity isn't the steepest, most punishing course out there. When you see how Sophia skis, uh, you know, she's really good on the steeper terrain. Um, that And, and Vokity isn't really that punishing. So see her in fifth. She's in great shape. First year under 23. That was an amazing result. Wonderful. Congratulations. And Haley Swirbel, again, I'm not really sure what's going on with her. I haven't heard, but I mean, it's a bit disappointing to see her back in ninth and, and more importantly than the position. Eighth place. Eighth place. Eighth place. Sorry, eighth place. God, did I say ninth? I meant eighth place. Yeah, sorry. Right. Eighth place. And she was uh, just under 44 seconds back. That's you know that that she's not in the same shape that she was before christmas that's for sure and and i hope she can find her form coming into the world championships a little later but great race for for Lockley. i thought that was a, a wonderful performance and and a little shout out too to elizabeth elliott who's also a first year under 23 for canada uh, she finishes 27th on the day to sneak into the top 30 which was uh which was a solid outing for her and and of course alexandria lawson last year under 23 but she finishes 23rd for the u.s so nice to see some americans represented high up in the results but Two Americans in the top 10, pretty solid, but I, I, not shabby whatsoever. I'd say a amazing race for, for Laukley. Great skiing on a course that maybe now doesn't suit her strengths to the max and, and Swerble, maybe a missed opportunity. So, so that's it. I want to, just to qualify this, right? And like a good frame of reference would be like uh, Schoonmaker, right? He's done quite well in the World Cup. He's qualified gosh i mean he, i think he's missed out on one or two sprints this year maybe just one um i think he's qualified in the top certainly in the top 15 i was just about to say top 10 this year but i'd have to pull up my stats you know he he comes out with with a by his standards you know disappointing race in, in the sprint you yeah, know it's a missed same, opportunity missed opportunity the same can be said for swerble in this case as well but it's really not the end of the world, right? I mean, oh god, not at all. Under twenty three yeah. means very little. Like it's when you're when you're a senior when you're a senior at the level that Swerble is or Schoonmaker is. The under twenty three World Championships is it's nothing. But that said, it's it, it is a missed opportunity. I mean, like Chandra Crawford, Olympic champion in two thousand six. Go back through the go back through the uh, the details. She she got knocked out. She got bounced in the quarterfinals at under twenty threes. The same season that she won the Olympics in a skate sprint. Like nobody cares about under 23s. It's the championship that matters. And if you've shown that you're at that level, which Schoonmaker has shown that he can compete at the senior level, Swerble has shown that she can compete at the senior level. This is just a stepping stone on the way to your championship performance, which is which is the world championships. That said, that said, it it still is it still is an opportunity. And these guys are these guys and girls, they're they're fighters and and they're passionate and they want it. And and they want to take home some hardware. They want to have results that they're they're proud of and and that they're up to their level they know how good they are and of course they're disappointed after days like today where things just don't work out exactly as planned but that said if schoonmaker makes the semi-final at the world championships who who cares if he would have been like fifth in the under 23 doesn't mean anything the the world championships is what matters when you're out of the junior class the senior world championships sorry is what matters when you're out of the junior class um and and that's just how it is so these races are really just tune-ups for for uh, for guys like schoonmaker or Haley swerble 
The other countries that are deeper, like if you look at Norway or, or Sweden or, or, or Russia, you know, they, they don't have these chances at the World Cup. They don't have these chances at the World Championship. So this is the highlight of their season. Um, so that's why, you, you know, it's, it's a little different situations for some of the bigger teams where they can't crack into the World Cup. But luckily, Canada, uh, USA and some other countries, I mean, the, the under 23s means very little. Okay. On to the men's 15K skate, individual, a Frenchman in first. Yeah, Lapalousse, who's a great skier. Hugo Lapalousse wins, takes the win by just under 14 seconds. And Moch, I love these young guns. Like we've talked about, Podoma, oh, my heart breaks for Podoma. He's had such a great season. He was on the fence if he was going to go to the under-23s or not, uh, because, of course, he's he's building up for the World Championships as well. He's a first-year under-23. The guy ends up fourth. He's only 2.2 seconds from the bronze medal. Ivar Anderson, Ivar, Ivar Tilheim Anderson takes third place for Norway, World Junior Champion from last year. Uh, and Moch, Frederick Moch, who is second at the World Junior Championships, beats Ivar uh, to come second today. Um, th- at the top of this race, you have Hovard Mosby in fifth. Uh, he's, he's a solid senior. He's had some great races as a senior. So at the top end of this race... Uh, these are these are good young guns. These are solid, good young guns um, that did well. And it's and you just look. I mean, second place, third place, fourth place, uh, fifth place, and sixth place, all of which are coming back to be under twenty threes again la- next year. Uh, so they are they are def- def- the definition of young guns. And then Gus Schumacher. I mean, it's same as same as Schoonmaker and and uh, Swerble and stuff. It's almost like I was curious if they just had like missed the skis or something today because this is a disappointing race for Gus. And again, a, a, another quote unquote missed opportunity. But when you've been top ten in Falun only a couple weeks ago and you have a fifteen k skate coming up in a couple weeks that really matters and means something like the World Senior Championships. This is just uh, this is just a little speed bump on on, on the road, and, and who cares that Gus was ninth? But that that's that said, it, it was a missed opportunity, and, and I would have expected Gus to be right up there with with uh, Moch and Podoma for sure. I mean, that's where he's been skiing, especially in skating throughout the whole season. So he just had a little bit of an off day. That said, Hunter Wonders, uh, I know I sing I know I sing the praises of like Luke Yeager and Gus Schumacher a lot over the podcast, but Hunter Wonders is part of that like just awesome crop of american skiers as well and, and alaskan uh, skiers and, yeah and alaskan yep. skiers like you said yeah and he, he he ends up in the top 15 with 13th place which is which is a great which is a great outing and then and then while while the field was fairly weak or at least not not weak just not that deep uh it was great to see tony like antoine Sierra in 18th and graham ritchie in 20th remy Drolet bouncing back a little bit he's had a tough outing here in the world cup so far and he's a first year senior so you got to cut him some slack and and to see him in 21st and only a, a, a shade over a minute and a half a minute 36 off off the win that, that that's a step in the right direction for remy so there's there's more good things to come from him uh for sure so um, but that said, that that about covers this under twenty three championship so far. It's been fast and furious, and there's races every day. Tomorrow's the relay, which is going to be awesome to see. World Junior relay. Let's see if Canada can get back on the podium or the U.S. too. It, it, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the U.S. has won the last two World Junior relays for men back to back, but but it's a new crop this year, new men, new names. So we'll have to see how they go. Canada's coming back with three out of the four. Uh, guys from last year's silver medal performances are back on the team and Olivier like I said has come from individual top individual result last year of 30th to third so he's in the great shape Tom's in good shape and Xavier McKeever big shout out to him he's he's had some tougher races racing into the 30s this year so far in the first two races but uh, you know, he's got a lot of years junior left. He's a, he's a future superstar for sure. And, and, um, you know, just 
it, it, who knows why it hasn't been working out, but I just feel so bad for all these young athletes that haven't had the races in their legs before going to the, the season highlights that it's a crapshoot. What can you say? You just roll the dice. You have no idea how the races are going to go. So, uh, Zav will be hungry there tomorrow. And then the individual, uh, mass start distance races for juniors. There is no mass start for under 23s this year in this condensed schedule. So this was the only individual under 23 event that we're going to see sadly this, this season, but hopefully next year when coronavirus is more under control, uh, we'll get back to a normal schedule and see a mass starts for the under 23 athletes as well. Okay. One last thing I want you to speak about before we uh, say goodbye here is, you know, it's been cold in Finland and you mentioned at the top of the podcast that, you know, stable conditions for the most part, very cold. Um, You know, we noted that the races were postponed because they didn't meet the threshold for being warm enough on that. uh, I think of the second day of competition or maybe the first day, I forget, but Day day two. Okay. So, so that said, like, can you talk a little bit about either the complexity or lack thereof when it comes to prepping skis for uh, cold snow? Cold oh yeah. Weather? Well, well, the biggest thing is like when it's really warm, it starts getting really dirty in the snow as well. So not only are you contending with like loose, wet, sloppy, slushy snow, which is a little diff- more difficult to wax with. I mean, the fluoro ban is lifted, so people can just go bonkers with fluoros, and and that works well in in warm conditions. But when it's so cold and dry, uh, you know, high fluoro waxes, all these wacky powders, that sort of thing. I mean, you can get a lot done on LF4, Swix LF4 that you can go into your local ski shop and buy for 20 bucks. Uh, you know, I've raced World Cups on that when it's been minus 18 or 19. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it has so much more to do with ski selection and grind and, um, that that is what's tough with the juniors right or even under some under 23 athletes as well they don't might they might not have the quiver of the world cup skier and and if you don't have that if you don't have those skis for those really cold conditions with a really really fine grind which is something that a world cup skier does not contend with very often um and if you're in the u.s let's say or or, i mean in canada you should have that because it can be pretty cold in eastern and western canada um but that said if if you don't have those pair of skis with that really really fine grind i mean it, it it can be tough and it can be there can be differences in skis but that's really mostly in ski selection so on the world cup there is no real difference in ski selection because all world cup skiers will have skis that are good in in stable minus 20 conditions that are that's fairly dry like not very humid and and that sort of thing but uh but you can you can miss the skis but if you miss the skis in such cold conditions it's usually not the waxing you've missed it's it's your ski selection and at the junior level or the under 23 level you're not maybe not traveling around not maybe you're 100 not traveling around with 60 pairs of skis like uh i would I've traveled around with and like I've said earlier on the podcast I mean like Teresa Yohug has traveled around with 115 pairs of skis uh, they've 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 whittled that down but two years ago that's what she was traveling around with so so I mean like an under 23 athlete obviously doesn't have have a quiver like that so uh, but I'm not sure. I haven't heard from the Americans if they if they feel as though some of the guys today missed the skis or not. But uh, they wouldn't have missed it. When I say missed the skis, they wouldn't have missed the wax. It would have been just like a ski selection issue. Okay. In closing, have you ever skied in uh, Argentina? I have never skied in Argentina. Never. I'd love to. Because I feel like they have a pretty decent legacy of like they do cross country ski there 
Yeah, they have a cross country ski. They have a cross country ski venue, but we've just gone to the snow farm. Yeah, there's like a world lop at there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, but we've only we've snow farm has been our our gem, and I love the snow yeah. farm. On a sunny day in the snow farm, it's like some of the best skiing in the in the world. Well, so. I feel like, and I don't think this is your fault. I'm going to take the ownership of this. We're we're underperforming in Argentina. Yeah. Okay. 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 Three downloads. Three downloads, but th- we're on the board. We're on the board, baby. We are definitely on the board, and, and, but and, it's and like as I'm going to let you go here. As I'm going to let you go. So who's number one? Don't leave me hanging, baby. Is it U.S.? It's U.S. by okay, nice. kind of a landslide. However, nice. I like it. I, it's good. I I feel and we do. I feel like we do well in Canada, but um, proportionally, I feel like Canada's number two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I can break it down. No, no, we don't, also, we don't need to break it all so down. You know. No, no, I don't. I don't need to know. I just like it. what I can do is I can break it down by province. Okay. That that you should. Okay. Do. Yeah. Who's I am doing Ontario. that. Your people are rep- Yeah, that's right. Ontario number one in Canada. Yeah. Okay, that's that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got one thing going people. on terrible. I like it. <laughs> Despite the slights, your people yeah. are still loyal. I love it. I love it. Great, Jason. We'll touch base okay. when this whole championship shooting is right. all wrapped up and hoping you can get out and get some tunes get some turns on. Sorry. It's okay, it's freaking cold. It's ten degrees Fahrenheit or twelve degrees Fahrenheit right now. So anyway, I gotta let it warm up. Let it yep. warm up. Thanks for listening. We'll be following up this part one of World Juniors E23s with a second episode recorded on Sunday. Thanks.